Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. My name is Joshua Gillow. I'm sponsored here by Yes Express. And today I have a guest on that you may or may not have heard of. And I had the opportunity to chat with him a little bit. And he's in the green marketing world where he helps people in our industry, hardscaping, landscapers, lawn guys, and uh, and beyond, uh, how to market their companies and how to get more people to say yes to them. You know, that's what we're all about here at Yes Express is having to, or helping our, our homeowners and our clients say yes to more things that we can do uh, in order to make sure that we're getting paid what we're worth and that we're working with the clients we truly love. So, you know, Aiden here, he does that as well, but through the marketing side of things, and I wanted to bring him on to have him share some nuggets and some beautiful things that he's learned over his career. Uh, he's the founder and CEO of Green Marketing. He also has a Facebook group called Green Industry Gang. Aiden Silvers, how you doing? Good, my friend. I appreciate you having me on here. I'm looking to do my best to bring everyone some value that's listening. And um, yeah, just like Josh said, I am in the niche of the green industry, lawn, landscaping, outdoor living, etc. Um, I've been marketing for about eight and a half years in this niche for about four and we're getting to a point where we're about to take off and what I consider to be pretty well known in the industry here in the next year or two. I love that, Aiden. I love it. So let's start in the beginning. Okay. So um, you're obviously looking to add value to the world. That's what I love about you. You've got a servant's heart and that's what I love about you. So the question really is, how did you get started in marketing? How did you find it? That was your your passion and why the green industry? Yeah, really great question. So um, if anyone's watching this on or listening to this on audio, I am severely physically disabled with a neuromuscular disease called spinal muscular atrophy. And to put it short and sweet, you know, you can Google it, figure it out. But my muscles deteriorate over time. So right now I'm actually in my bed, my office. I work from my bed. I operate my company from the bed on the computer. It's what I love to do. It's all I do. And growing up, hitting 18, 20 years old, I, I didn't really have a lot of opportunity to, to do much. Like, you know, as a typical young adult, teenager, partying, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever it is, um, sports, you know, jobs, like all that isn't available to me. And I was a big gamer, like a strategic uh, gamer, strategy games, right? Competitiveness. And... Mm-hmm. I learned a lot from those um, games about strategy and how to, even though I had a disadvantage, how to use my noggin, right? And overcome that. Mm -hmm. And even Mm -hmm. though I'm the underdog, still come out on top. And so I, strategy has always been something that is like, you know, part of who I am. And then I also really enjoy having an impact on others. So I started doing things like coding websites, freelancing, um, helping businesses. 
and you know helping them get their name out there a little bit and i really quickly found out like what i enjoy isn't necessarily building a website or coding or doing seo it's having the impact so you know over the span of eight and a half years where we are today i went through several motions of figuring out how i can do that with most of my time and now i'm at you know the head of an agency with a staff of 19 and sort of developed all these different blueprints for success with my strategic value right with a, a great team that can execute on all these different things and so you know i think where it started is just uh, me being a driven person with not a whole lot of opportunity in the world i was blessed to be able to find my passion early on of having an impact on other businesses and people. And I was also blessed in being able to find an outlet to do that through the digital world, right? So that's kind of how I got into the field. Um, as far as the niche, I, I did this for about five years and it's tough to work for a doctor and a lawyer and a dog groomer and all these different businesses. You can't get into the nuances of the struggles, right? Mm -hmm. And when I'm trying to make an impact, like I need to know your pain points so I can fix them. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm like, okay, we're going to niche down. And we tried several different niches. The landscaping realm opened up with open arms for me. And I think I fell in love with the industry because it's nothing but pure hustlers, right? Like even yeah. the guys that might not be doing things the most, most professional or business way, they're still hustling, right? And for me as Absolutely. a marketer, like I need you to hustle to get the job done because I'm getting you leads, giving you attention. And if you're not fulfilling that, I'm just accelerating your, your downfall. So I yeah. found a hustler's industry and fell in love with it. I love that. I love that dude. And I love that you're, you know, that you found your passion, that you found that to be, you know, like a, something to look forward to. And, you know, most go through life without ever really discovering their passion. So how did you, do you remember the day you discovered your passion? Was it a time frame? Was it, uh, you know, how, how did you discover it? What kind of brought you to this understanding of what you were put on this earth for? Yeah. So, you know, that's a great, great, really loaded question. I'm going to separate a little bit. Finding my journey through that, I, I, I've always been an entrepreneur. Even as a, a kid, I, I ran lemonade stands and I mean, my friends would make literally hundreds of dollars a day, like no joke. Mm -hmm. And it would get to the point where I would, we would have like hundred dollar bills and my friends would be like, oh man, I don't want to do this anymore in the hot sun. I go play video games. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. I mean, hundreds of dollars a day. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, wouldn't do, I couldn't do it by myself, obviously, right? Yeah. So I've always had the entrepreneurial tendencies um, to do my own business and, and make my own living. Um, so that led into like, okay, how can I make money digitally? And then I did websites and whatnot, making money. And I'm like, okay, I actually like having an impact on people and getting those results. Um, getting the results really is, is the, the key for me. And so now as a marketing agency that does everything, we're able to control how many, how much results you get. Cause like, we're not just building you a site. We're doing your ads, your SEO, it's a mix, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we have way more potential to do that. And then your other question of, you know, finding what I was kind of destined to do. 
I've very recently in the past couple of years have figured that out. Mm-hmm. And I really believe it in my core to be true that I was put on this earth to redefine the definition of adversity mm-hmm. and show people that it's a gateway into happiness and success, whatever that means to you, because it's different for everyone. And it's either, you know, there's two different paths you can take, which is victimhood of adversity, or use it as a, a motivator and a driver and understand that the bad in life is only there so that you can appreciate the good, right? Love that. And so this is a, a massive ambition of mine. 10 Mm -hmm. years down the road where I want to create a movement and a a new message of, Hey, like I'm going through this adversity. That's a good thing because I want to come out on top. Yeah. I truly believe that, especially in my own life experience. Um, you know, you see me as someone with a disability adversity. That's maybe 20% of my adversity. I grew up in a family that didn't believe in education, moved us out in the middle of the woods and took me out of school in the fourth grade. Mm. So I have no formal education whatsoever. I had no social life. Everything is self-taught to me and self-driven, but I had two choices of either woe is me, give up, or make something of myself, right? And I chose to make something of myself. So right now, number one goal is to dominate the green industry with a big, uh, highest authority marketing agency, bringing massive value and then transition into that adversity stuff a little bit. Um, But first, I just want to build a business that is successful so nobody can ever say, oh, you're just like inspiration porn or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because you hear that a lot when people have disabilities. Like, you're only where you're at because you're inspiration porn. Got it. So when I get that message, I want to say, oh, that's funny because I grew an eight-figure business before anybody even knew who I am. Wow. Right? I fucking (laughs) love that, dude. Dude, you were... I mean, I don't want to use the word inspiration, but just your, your mindset around this is incredible. You're not like, Hey, look, I have this, you know, this kind of special circumstance. Look at me for that. You're like, no, I want to kick the ass of the best people, regardless of your condition. And I want to show the world that it's possible. And I fucking love that about you, brother. That's amazing. I appreciate it. I'm very competitive at the same time. You know, I'm a big follower of Gary Vee. Mm-hmm. And one of his sayings is there's two ways to build the biggest building. You can either build the biggest building or you can tear down all the other buildings. Yep. I'm trying to build the biggest building. I don't care what everybody else is doing. Yep. Um, there's more than enough room for everyone and kindness and empathy and patience and all these really important soft skills are taken out of business and it just creates these emotionless robotic machines and everyone experiences it. Horrible customer service. You're just a number. No one cares about you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we are very against that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love it. And it's true because so much, somebody in business think it's just about transactions. How fast can I move money through and make as much and filter as much in my pocket as possible and customer service and customer experience and the whole human experience has been, you know, kind of pushed away and it's all about just volume. And I know that that's not in your heart now. And I know that's definitely not in my heart either. It's about service. It's about providing that best customer experience that there is and the best results at the end of the day. So I love it that we share that, brother. A ton, you know, and it's, it's um, I think my, my big macro ambitions of all this adversity stuff plays an interesting role of what I do today because in order to accomplish those huge things, 
I need an army of, of advocates that mm-hmm. follow me and my message and support me. And the only way to do that is through reputation, good reputation, right? That's right. Results. So I'm building that up. I'm mm-hmm. very transactional, but I'm transactional on legacy mm-hmm. and reputation, not a dollar. Got it. Right? I'm trying to make you the biggest successful company in the world. Mm-hmm. That way you appreciate that for me. And I can selfishly use that and say, hey, look what we did for Josh and his company. Right. And they look just like you. Like we're not out here trying to sell you or convince you. We're doing our thing and we just want to show the world that. I love it. I love it. So question for you. I don't know much about your situation and uh, I just want to, I guess, get deeper into it. So Please. has it been the same for you ever since you were born as far as your, your physical condition or has that changed over time or how has that evolved in, in your, you know, your, your journey so far? Yep. Perfect. So it has changed a lot. Uh, with my disorder, your muscles do weaken over time. Okay. So when I was born, uh, I, they didn't, nobody even knew I had it until I was about two years old. Hmm. Uh, when I started walking, I deteriorated back to like falling and then rolling. And then they did a biopsy and figured out what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be able to sit up on my own, feed myself, uh, roll over at night, go to the bathroom, like normal stuff every person could do. When I was about five or six, I was completely like bound to a wheelchair. Hmm. I couldn't get up and walk, right? And then uh, up until about 14, 15, I could do a lot on my own, like hand feed myself or play the Xbox with a controller, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got to around 16 to 18 to where I am today, I've been in this condition for about 10 years plus. Okay. A little bit over 10 years. Um, so what's kind of crazy about my condition is as long as I use my muscles, I don't lose them. But let's just say I went to a coma for three months mm-hmm. and I didn't eat or speak for three months. I would lose that muscle just like anybody else. What's different with me is I wouldn't be able to get that back. Okay. Right. Because my muscle loss is accelerated and the neurons will basically die. Mm. And the only way to get that muscle back is like regenerative gene therapy and stuff. And that's not really like a thing yet, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I can do what I do today only because I do it every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got it. No, that's, that's very interesting. Now I, I have to hit on a subject here. We're all about mindset here in outer spaces and I have to delve into your mindset and how you get up every day and say, I'm going to kick the ass in this world. You know, I'm just going to go out and have a good time and I'm going to give it my all. I want to, do you have certain rituals that you go through each day in order to get your mind prepped and your armor on each day to go out there and serve at the highest level? Like, what does that look like for you? And how have you developed this mindset that uh, you can get out here and want to conquer the entire green industry in a way that everybody wins? Like, I love that. So I want to get a sense of where you're coming from with that and how you made that happen. Yeah, I think it's a lot. I could probably talk for hours about that. Um, to try to summarize it, I, I, again, like adversity is huge for me. Gratitude is huge for me. Perspective. Mm-hmm. These are all very big things for me. And I mean, if, if you're in America, you are the 1% of the 1% of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. But living in America your whole life, you don't really have that perspective and understanding. And if you're in America, like you have a chance, an opportunity, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's something we take for granted. 
because a lot of people, no matter what they do in the world, they, they're not going to get much. Right. And so I'm very capable mentally, obviously physically I'm not very capable, but I think it's about what you focus to, to feed your energy into. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the good or the bad, the positive or negative, you kind of create your own reality in a way. I mean, it's not like a magic trick or a Harry Potter or anything, yeah. but you focus what to look at and see. Yep. In addition to all that, I'm very unique in the way that I've had, I'm, I'm young, I'm 28. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of time with Aiden, with myself, mm -hmm. right? Like I've never had a relationship with a, a woman um, like close to me, nearby. Mm -hmm. I do have a, a beautiful girlfriend that I've been with for about three years. Nice. She's in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. We're doing everything we can to get her here. Mm -hmm. And she's worked for me for five years. So two years in, we kind of fell in love. And mm -hmm. the, only, the only way I was able to do that is because I went through a horrendous yeah. long distance relationship before that, where I was taken advantage of and the gold digger, the whole stereotype, right? Oh, wow. And then moving into this relationship, I figured out, I love myself. I don't need anyone to make me my best person. I'm going to be my best person. And when I get into a relationship, I'm going to be my best person for them. And they're going to be their best person for me. Like we're going to support each other, but we're not going to leech each other. Right. Yeah. Yep. And through life I've again, like no social life, really no friends. Of course, we have the online digital stuff and social media, but I've had a lot of lone wolf ventures mm -hmm. and got to figure out who I really am as a person and who I want to be. I think a lot of people don't know either of those things. They don't know the answers to either. Yep. They have this fake persona that they built for themselves. Mm -hmm. They're trying to impress other people. They're buying things to look a certain way. It's very like American society of, impressing others and fake it till you make it. And I just feel like it's horrible, man. Yeah. And it, it really, you know, not to get too like spiritual or anything, but I think there's such thing as like a soul and figuring out who you are as an individual and being self-aware Yep. and putting yourself in position to win all these different things come into play. Um, so I think it's important, like you said, the mindset is everything, but you have to know, who you are in order to put yourself in the right mindset. hundred percent. Now I have a question for you to go a little deeper on that. You mentioned about, you know, loving yourself first, um, you know, and being, being whole within yourself um, in order to even come into a relationship or come into anything. How was your journey is, is falling, you know, finding yourself and finding the wholeness in you. Like what was your strategy in order to do that? What eventually happened that got you there? You know, I don't really know. I think that it's a, a mixture of things. I don't want to sound like a fangirl or anything, but Gary Vaynerchuk has definitely been a, a big help in my life through his content. Yep. And something that he has really instilled into me is that all of our insecurities about ourselves and all of our like judgment and opinions and uh, what do you call it? Like when you're in imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. All this stuff comes from the outside world mm -hmm. and other people. It's our parents, mostly our parents, hmm. our, our circle, our network, our friendships. 
even even today in business, like recently I joined an organization called Seven Figure Agency. Mm-hmm. And these people have elevated me to a level I've never knew existed. It's awesome. And that's how much of an impact other people can have on you. Mm-hmm. So once I realized that and everything in my life was toxic and negative and leech and all all the above, mm-hmm. I went into my cocoon and I'm like, this is Aiden's world. You're going to build it the way Aiden wants to build it. And you're going to control what you can control. What you can't control, you're going to control how you react to that. And you're going to be accountable. And whenever I focused on that, every issue just seems like a stepping stone in my my journey to this massive goal of mine, right? Of adversity and impacting others and all that good stuff. And I love that. You're right. You know, we cannot control what other people do, but we can absolutely control how we react to it. And so much of that comes from the filter that we have in place. What I mean by filter is a story we keep telling ourselves. If you're a victim, you're going to keep telling yourself victim stories. If you're a victor, you're going to tell yourself, you know, very positive affirming type um, answers to things. Like if a project goes bad and a client screws you out of money, you're either going to, you know, be the victim, be all happened to me again, or you're going to be like, you know what? I learned something. I got to make sure I put a system or process in place so that never happens again and use it as an empowering tool. Um, so I mean, I love that it's, you have the choice in what, what meaning you wire to everything that happens in life. That is your choice on how to do. And I love how you've wired, you know, everything that you've talked about so far and how you see the positive, you look for the positive, the gratitude side. It's so absolutely important, especially in business because guys and gals out there listening, I'm sure Aiden can attest to this. You know, it's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be tough. It's supposed to be a challenge every single day because you're supposed to be growing. You know, you don't, if it's easy, you don't grow. And if you grow, if you're not growing, you're dying. Let's put it that way. So if you're not growing mentally and physically and spiritually each and every day, what's the point, right? So I love how you're taking your, your greatest asset, your mind, and you're, you're finding a way to, to give it to the world. I mean, it would be such an atrocity if, if you just said, no, nah, I gave up, I'm done. You know, look at my, my condition. I can't do anything, but no, you found a way through brother. You found a way through. And I have mad respect for that. That's why I wanted you on this podcast because I have tons of respect for that. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not just blowing I, smoke I, up your ass. I'm serious. I'm absolutely well, just I from my heart. It. I mean, this is what I love. I'm trying to have an impact on other people. Yep. I do want to inspire them in a way that actually lands. I don't want them to, oh, I'm so inspired. Yeah. And they're just saying that, right? But, oh my God, look what this guy is to say or whatever. I you don't want, you you don't want some, some pity party value. bullshit. You want to show that. Exactly. Here. Exactly. Distract value from me. Yep. And implement it in your life for the better. That is everything to me. It's rewarding as hell. 100%. And, and to your point of growing and business and all this, I think comfort is the downfall to society, mm. to civilization. 100%. And I, uh, it was my birthday on Saturday. And Happy birthday. I made a birthday post. Thank you. I mm. made a birthday post about a quote that I saw from Jim Rohn, mm. uh, older, older entrepreneur. Um, and it said something along the lines of, uh, I was talking about risk and how risky life is. And it's like, well, you know, investing in, in this is risky. Putting my time to that is too risky. I don't know if I want to do it. I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Everything in life is a risk, right? You're getting married, having kids, education, investing. It's all a risk. And they said, I'll tell you how much of a risk it is. You're not going to make it out alive. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, when you put it in that perspective, yeah, it's just like, okay, what am I really doing here? 
Yeah. Why am I so hesitant and so conservative to explore my life? Exactly. When it's just going to be gone one day. It could be like in 30 minutes. Yeah. It could be an hour. It could be tomorrow, right? Who knows? And when you have that mindset, you definitely are grateful for what you have. And you're more excited to get more, right? Like you want more. Not in a greedy way, just because you want to experience life while you have a shot. Absolutely. And the more you have, the more you can give. That's the beautiful part about it. Whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's anything, fill in the blank. The more you have, the more you can give. If that's that's what a servant's heart's all about, right? And you know, to your point, the more people you can serve in the green industry, the more you can give your God-given talents and your your, you know, everything that was given to you to give back you now have a platform that's even bigger. And I love the fact that you're focusing on our industry for that. And I'm sure many are going to be uh, much further along in their journey because of your, you know, help in that matter. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I appreciate it. I mean, you know, again, having an impact really is what I'm after. And yeah. when we take a business from, I don't know, 200,000 a year to the 700 or whatever the goal is for the year, like that is good for the business. Sure. But what it's really doing it's putting food on their table for them and their family. It's creating jobs for other employees in their business, mm-hmm. putting food on their table for them and their, it's a domino effect, right? Absolutely. And so the bigger I can make that domino effect, it's just incredibly rewarding for me. And it's like, what motivates me to keep going? I'm a very selfless person. person. Mm-hmm. And I do, like you said, servant's heart, right? But I do understand in order to be selfless, I do have to be selfish in the way that I navigate my life. Mm-hmm. Because if you let others, I was just telling my team this today. They got a little mad at me a little bit, but it's okay, they'll get it eventually. <laughs> I, another Gary B quote, right? Big surprise, but I would rather die on my own sword than someone else's. Yep. And what that means is, I would rather make the dumbest decision in my own way and fail on it than take someone else's decision that I have no contacts that I don't agree with and win. Yep. Because even though I've won, I'm not getting anything out of that. Any experience, I'm not learning anything. It's not my decision. It's someone else's sword, right? Yeah. And also that creates resentment for me and regret because I failed. If it does fail and it's their decision that persuaded me, I failed based off of what somebody else thought and if I would have just went with my decision, who would have known how it would have turned out? Yeah. And so the point is go with your gut. Nobody else has to live your life, but you. Right. And people need to understand, like, it's okay to be selfish and do things your own way. As long as your intent is to be kind and get back and empathetic. And I'm not even telling you to donate a million dollars to charity or whatever, but spread the positivity. Right. However you can do that in your own way is, is the way. That's amazing. I love that. Now you mentioned earlier about the lone wolf adventures in order to kind of find more in yourself and, and find more introspection. Could you take us on a little bit of a journey of that lone wolf adventures, the things you've done in order to find the you and fulfillment inside of you? Yeah. I think it's more of the things that I, that I haven't done. Okay. Um, a lot of days just like this where you see me in my bed on the computer working. And when I say working, I'm not talking about like scrolling on social media, like actually working for eight and a half years. I don't get up and go for a walk Mm. or get up and go 
feed the dog or anything. Like this is I'm here, I'm working. And again, like parents really weren't a good role model for me. Um, no friends, no no outside voices that helped me much. And so the only voice that helped me was my own voice. Okay. I was lucky enough to figure that out. Like, okay, again, the Gary Vee thing, go into your cocoon mm -hmm. and build your own world, right? Yeah. Like, don't let what all these other cynical people were saying penetrate you. And so I did that. And that's a lot of conversation with yourself in your own head over the days and days, over eight years time about figuring out what triggers you, what excites you. Uh, and I am someone that, you know, I, I don't sleep for like, I go to bed, I'll sit there for two hours and just think. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people do that, but I'm thinking about like, why do I react a certain way when X, Y, and Z happens? Mm -hmm. Like dig a little deeper to the root. And then once you understand the root of why you do things, you can adjust and you can nurture that root yeah. and maybe rip it out and plant a new tree in there mm -hmm. of, of empathy and kindness or whatever it is. So having the time to think to yourself, you know, as business owners and entrepreneurs, as people who live in society where, you know, you have cool, you have kids, you're running around, you're in the school, cooking dinner, your laundry chores, you're always distracted and never like thinking, to yourself, talking to yourself. Mm. I've been talking to myself for my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good, dude. I'm, that's why, you know, each day it's good to take time. And I do this each day with meditation and clearing your mind and just being with yourself. You know, it's, it's so important. I think you do that, you know, kind of automatically. Um, you know, it's, it's so important to spend time with yourself. And most of the time, these, these devices, these uh, shiny objects, I'll call them, you know, cell phones and all this other stuff, they keep us distracted and away from really, truly finding ourselves and, and having those deep conversations. Because once you get to those roots, like you talked about, and pulling out those weeds and planting a new tree, once you get down to the fact that you know it's a weed in your garden and you got to pull it out, you start figuring out how did, how did that weed ever take root? How did I not see it before? How can I now rewire what that means in me and say, okay, well, instead of me being a failure, that's why that client took advantage of me. Maybe it's because I just don't have a system or process in place. Maybe it's because I let people do that. Maybe it's because I tolerated this type of client yeah. that always pisses me off, but I keep doing it for money, right? So eventually you get down to a point like, no, I'm not going to tolerate that anymore. When they start dictating to me how to do my job, that's the time I cut ties. That's the time that I either stand up in my box and say, I'm not doing it that way. If that's a problem, there's the road, obviously. Uh, or it's you're going to keep taking it because in this life, as uh, I love Gary Vee, but also Tony Robbins as well, he's like, you get what you tolerate, right? Yes. And if you keep tolerating the shit, you're going to keep getting more shit. When you start telling the universe and your clients, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not tolerating that anymore. I'm not going to take a hit on every project. I'm not going to discount my project just to get the work. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that anymore. My price is my price. I know my numbers, my price, my price. You don't like it. We go on to the next person without the fear of your business collapsing. Because once you set that into the universe and you set that out to your clients that your price is your price, you'd be surprised how many people will not ask you for discounts. I have not been asked for discounts in probably five years. And if anybody tries to bounce that, that they immediately know it's not going to happen. And then they buy it full price of what it's worth because I'm giving them my best price up front. I'm not here trying to gouge anybody, right? And it's not this shoot it high, knock 10% off, we'll get a deal kind of bullshit. That's not necessary. If you know what you will tolerate, and what you will not, and take all that guesswork out of the middle, all that weird 
you know, uh, back and forth, uh, you know, bickering numbers all back and forth. Nobody likes that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think, I think that when a lot of people hear stuff like this, you know, what is this mumbo jumbo putting out energy getting back? It's not, it's not like some magic. What it really is, is cause and effect mm -hmm. in life. It's a ripple effect. When you do things, it has consequences, yeah. both good and bad. And so you need to make sure that your cause, whatever you're doing, is going to potentially, never guarantee, potentially create the effect that you're looking for. And then when you're consistent enough with it and you have enough volume, it's just a numbers game. Yeah. Right. I, I saw a TikTok the other day of a sales guy. He's like really good. I forget his name, but he said, what if I told you that you were a thousand no's like in sales, like no, I don't want to buy a thousand no's away from being a billionaire. Yeah. Right. That you'd be super excited because it's a numbers game. And that's, that's powerful. you have to realize that you're not going to land everything. Yep. But there are people out there that will pay for your thing and value your time, but you have to do it first to yourself. Mm. Right? If you don't believe in what you're selling, no one else is going to believe either. That's the truth. hundred percent, dude. And same with pricing. You know what I mean? When it comes down to it, if you don't think you're worth that $10,000, you know, ticket on that project, if you don't think you're worth it, your client's not going to either. Right. And you know, you have to, there's a difference between being delusional and convincing yourself it's worth it. Mm -hmm then actually providing something that is a value and you know it's worth it, right? 100%. And that's like with marketing, a lot of people, they they charge ridiculous prices and they don't get any results and mm -hmm. it's just snake oil, unfortunately. Yep. And for me, I'm confident in what we sell. Like we, we let the results speak for itself mm -hmm. and that allows us to charge a thousand, two thousand, three thousand minimum a month because I'm confident what I'm selling. Yep. If I wasn't, I'd be like, well, you know, here's our programs. And it's like, here's our programs. Here's the results we get for other people. You want it or you don't, I'm not going to convince you. Yep. You know, and I do it in a nicer way, but that's. Of course. <laughs> that's, that's the bare right. bones though, right? That's really what you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> like it or leave it. Simple. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And you know, I, I apologize because I, I wanted to get on here. I'm sure you wanted some marketing value and stuff like that. We're talking about like my life and kindness and patience and all this stuff and um so i hope people were able to get something out of this oh, i'm sure they will dude i mean I'm, every time i have this conversation with people especially yourself I, I i get something so i assume the listeners get it as well and if we really know the person we're talking to and having you know listening in the conversation we have a much better idea of their authenticity and their their true you know delivery with their heart their, their true servant nature so i mean that's coming through loud and clear on my side here brother thank you my friend i appreciate that Absolutely. So Authenticity I'm, is huge. Oh, absolutely, dude. I mean, most people try to stay in the line, you know, when they're born, they're kind of, you know, you know how kids are, right? The kids are always like, ah, they make crazy noises, make, you know, have weird sounds and smells. Oh, they don't care. You know, they're just kids. And then all of a sudden they, they get into their late teens, early twenties, and they start trying to fit in with the world, right? They yep, start trying, trying to mold, themselves mold. To the rest of the world. I call it the hourglass, right? They start out up top wide and authentic, then they get constricted oh, in that. the middle. And they start trying to fit in because that's what society has told them to do. And then toward the end of life, hopefully sooner rather than later, they start to say, I don't give a shit what people think. All I care about <laughs> is being happy and being happy means I need to be me. And they come back out of that shell. And ultimately my goal is to have people go like a straight line down through, as opposed to this, you know, hourglass feel so that they I, can stay authentic from day one until the day they kick the bucket. I'm going to use that. I love that analogy. It's so true. Like 
You think do you think Elon Musk cares, bro? Like what other people think? Not of him? a rat's ass. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's why he can change the world. And it's not that he's like egotistical or whatever. He yeah. just doesn't care. Like, yeah. why should you care? Yep. Nobody has a single ounce of context in your life. Nope. Their judgments are none of them are accurate. So why would you care about it? Exactly. They're not on your journey. They're not. They haven't gone through what you've gone through. They have no insight, but they certainly do have an opinion. And the question yep. is, how much of that opinion are you going to tolerate in the fabrication of your journey? That's the bigger piece. How much of that input is going to impact your journey? Are you going to follow it and say, if I'm just like A, B, and C, then I'll be liked by people? Because as humans, right, we're, we're a tribal creature, right? We like to be in groups. You know, it's safer back in the days with the uh, saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths. We had to be in groups in order to survive, but that's not the case anymore. They're not around. So, but that, that part of the brain still exists and we still think we need to be part of the tribe and fit in. So FOMO is a real thing. And and people change who they are in order to fit in so they don't have to feel like they're being put out. Uh, the reality is that's nothing really good happens in that world where you're trying to be something you're not. So really, at the end of the day, to be authentic and to be who you are, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I'm not afraid to be who I am. And if that's less listeners, that's fine. I, I want the right listeners. That's what I'm really looking for and trying to impact people's lives, right? So, so I'm allowed to swear on this? 100%, brother. Whatever you want to say, man. Let it fly. I was going to say, thank God I wasn't born when there's fucking saber-toothed tigers running around. <laughs> because I would be in trouble, bro. Yeah. We could chew in the fastest wheelchair there was. <laughs> I know. They put me on like a barrel of hay and just run me away real quick. You know? <laughs> I love it. Dude, I got to dig into here. You said, how many, how many team members do you have now on your team? We have 19 or so. That's incredible, dude. So I want to ask the big question that I'm sure most of the listeners are listening to, because let's put it this way. A lot of people have a problem, and I struggle with this in the beginning, with how to build teams, right? How to build people, how do, how do you create a mission? How do you create a team? How do you how do people keep showing up? Why do they, you know, all that stuff. Like, how do you create a team? And as an able-bodied person, you know, I'm thinking like, I struggle a lot with that. I know a lot of listeners do as well. My question is, for, in your condition, right from a bed, how do you create a team of 19 people that are on your mission and that are out there, you know, living and pushing the servant heart as well? Like, how do you do it? I think for one, it's finding the right people, yeah. which is a volume thing. You got to go through the numbers to find that yep. the gold nugget, the needle in the haystack. For two, I work for them. I, if I'm not putting them in a position to win, then I'm failing as a leader. Love that. And I hear way too many quote unquote bosses shitting on their employees and they're not doing it right. And they don't know how to do this and that. And they're not showing up on time. It's like, okay, well, what systems and accountability measures do you have in place that measure this and reward people for doing the right thing? Like these people don't care about your business, bro. Like they don't care how much money you make. They're not the owner. Mm -hmm. They don't have a share and a revenue share. Why would they? Would you care for any other company? No, you wouldn't. So show them some empathy to their their standards at the workplace because understand that they would probably work for 10, 20 other people that shit on them too. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to treat them? Are you going to change that up a little bit and bring a new mindset to them on the, on the topic of mindset, right? Mm -hmm. How do you shape your culture? Um, you know, I'm pretty good friends with, with my staff, like it's my family, and that has its pros and cons, way more pros than cons. Mm -hmm. And again, it's all about being a good leader, being accountable to allowing them to be in a position to win. And when they fail, coach them through it and figure out why they're failing 
and do what you can to help them, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean like, oh, I love you, like it's gonna be okay. What it means is you're not gonna get somebody that's a master executive of a company unless you're paying them hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, mm-hmm. right? It's just not gonna happen. But there's people, when I hire, I look for people, like I ask questions that help me determine, are they hustlers? Do they work well with other people? Can they learn? And what is their energy like, right? As long as they pass all that, they're they're getting in, they're going through our trainings and our systems, and they're gonna become a great employee. If they don't pass that, it doesn't mean that they're not a good fit. It's just a, a game of chance and yeah. and what I would consider to be a lower chance than someone who is a hustler. Yep. So looking at those things instead of what's your experience on a mower yeah. or weed eating, right? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't matter because you should have systems in place that train them on how to do these things the way that you do them. Because if you're so good at what you do and you have such good quality... You don't want them to do it the way they learn from everybody else. Yep. You want to do it your way. That's right. So which one is it, right? <laughs> That's absolutely true, dude. So, you know, when you talk about leadership and all that, and you actually mentioned a few questions that you would ask in order to make sure they're a good team member. Do you mind sharing a few questions that come to mind that you might ask during an interview? Yeah, I ask about, you know, like what are your ambitions in life? Mm-hmm. Uh, what makes you happy? What do you like to do in your off time? Um. I haven't hired in a good minute because we're we're pretty well staffed right now, but it usually is in the the conversation of these things like EQ, like emotional intelligence. Yep. Yep. Right. How much patience do they have? Mm-hmm. Um, are they capable of being empathetic? Yep. When someone messes up on the team, like what is their outlook on on what we're doing as an agency? Like, do they have any um, previous experience with uh, handling things in a bad way? Like, how did you leave your previous job? Just getting an idea for who it is, really. Yeah, yeah the human side. Like, like, knowing the person. Yeah, yeah. And I can usually tell whether that person is going to come in and be a good fit in our culture or not. Like, the quality of their skill set, of course, for some things is, is crucial. Yeah. For most, like, we can teach them, you yep. know? Yep. It's the, like I, always, I said, I, didn't, I don't have no education. Yep. Like zero. I didn't go to middle school. I learned it. Yep. On my own. <laughs> it's incredible, the neuroplasticity of the brain, isn't it? The, the ability for it to adjust and learn and all that. It just wants more. And we got to keep feeding this thing, right? It keeps wanting to learn. And that's really the whole growth factor of the mind. Um, I read a book once that said, if you're hiring people, you're looking for people that are hungry, humble, and smart. Right. And you can kind of adjust what those mean. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, your approach, focusing on the human that you're hiring, because you can train people how to weed whack. You can train them how to, you know, plant trees, mulch, lay pavers. That's all trainable. But if the person behind that is uh, a problem, if they don't want to show up, if they don't have any confidence, if they, you know, have all these different we'll call it baggage. If that baggage comes along with it, well, I hate to tell you, you can train them all day long. You're not going to get a good person. But if you find, to your point, you'll go through the closet and find a couple of uh, good ones. And you say, you know what? This person's got all the skill set that I want. It's, you know, they, they can be developed, but they have, they're a good person. They're a team player. They're loyal. They're humble. They're hungry. They're smart. And all they need is to be trained into that position. Dude, you got a winner every time. You do. And I think that if you had someone... Let's just paint a picture really quick. 
you have a scenario where your best salesperson is just the biggest ass, mm-hmm. right? To everyone in the team, like they gotta go, yep. because they're hurting the overall culture and the machine, yep. and we can't continue to grow not only revenue and, and quality and whatnot, but the culture, like yep. our relationships with each other, our kindness to each other, our ability to have creative thinking and not feel like you're going to get shit on or yep. judge. Like all this has to be, you have to give them freedom. You do. Right. And when there's negativity and toxicity then judgment comes into play, what do I, I got to worry about what Bob thinks. I don't want to bring this up in the meeting. Like it just creates too much darkness and we're trying to have like floodlights. You know? Yeah. I love that. Um, so I think it's, you know, obviously you gotta be smart with what you do. You can't just not have a revenue and get rid of all your salespeople, yeah. but start transitioning and pivoting or have a, a candorous conversation with those people and say, Hey, look, dude, you dominate it with your sales. You're incredible. But the vibe that you're giving off and the way that you're, communicating with some people is like hurting the overall culture and engine. Yep. What can we do to fix that? Why are you not happy? What can I do to help you? Yep. What can I do to help you? Not, yep. I need you to change X, Y, and Z. What can I do to put you in a better position to be happier, more cheerful, you know, not foo-foo, like laughing with everybody, whatever, but you're obviously not comfy here. Yeah. That's spoken as a true leader, brother. That's the point I love so much about what you just said is it's taking as a leader is taking the responsibility on that side and say, what can I do to help you achieve this goal? As opposed to you need to change because you're pissing me off and you're pissing everybody else. So you need to change. It's, it's a them problem, right? No leaders, true leaders. And I've learned this during my, my, you know, run as well is true leaders. They, they take responsibility for that. And they say, you know what, what can I do? How can I change? What systems do we not have in place? They're how and what questions. That's how you're going to open up a bigger conversation. How? How can I help you? What is it that I need to adjust in order to make this easier for you? Because a leader, a true definition of a leader is someone who takes obstacles out of the way of their team. It's not the one that sits up in front and screams and yells at people. It's the one that's typically in the back, quiet, that's moving through, making sure that their team can win. Just taking obstacles out of the way as fast as possible so the team can constantly keep winning because it's that winning motivation that they keep feeling, whether they're getting jobs done on time, whether they're they're winning contracts, whether they're doing whatever they're doing, the leader is the guy in the back or the girl in the back that is helping take those obstacles out. And once I realized that it wasn't the the, the loudest one in the front, everything changed for me personally. <laughs> have you found that to be the, the same for you? I have. And I, I said that's because cynicism and and anger and, and all these kind of negative traits are very loud. Yeah. And what I would consider healthy, positive happiness traits are very quiet. Mm. You don't hear a lot about them and just look at social media, yep. right? You see the loudest things are usually bad, negative, um, think upsetting things. And not a lot of people get the microphone when they're, they're happy. Exactly. And too many, too many bosses out there not enough leaders. Yep. I love that, man. So uh, our time's dwindling down here. I've absolutely loved our conversation today. You're obviously green marketing uh, is your business. So I'd love to A, find out a little bit more about what you do and B, see if you could drop maybe three nuggets or if you have more nuggets that we could use, even if nobody would call you or anything like that, I'm sure they Mm -hmm. will. But if nobody called you that they could implement right away, that would help them on their marketing side. So let us know a little about what you do and what those three nuggets or so might be. Absolutely. So we're green marketing. 
for a niche digital marketing agency for the green industry, lawn care, landscaping, outdoor living, etc. We offer comprehensive marketing solutions only. We don't do a la carte. We're not just going to build you a website. You, to put it bluntly, you don't know what you need to grow in the marketing realm. We do, and that's a mix of everything because there is no magic seed that you're going to plant and blow up into James the Giant Peach. It's a mixture of all these different ingredients, nurturing, watering, all these different things, right? That make marketing work. Mm -hmm. So we offer these programs that have things like custom websites, social media, advertising, SEO, review building, you name it. It's everything in one. Our prices range from a thousand a month to 2,500 a month, three different tiers. We have a six month commitment. So if you're going to get on board, you're going to commit and you're going to be ready to start your journey with us. We have a, about a 92% retention rate, which means that everybody stays on month to month afterwards. Love that. As we want, we want you as a client for the rest of your business career, because we want to show your results to other people as you continue to get better and bigger, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Some marketing tips. I think number one is to start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, a story that my, my I'm going to use a story that my sales coach told me about. And this is just an analogy because people do better with analogies. When you don't have any marketing, you're basically starving. You're relying on word of mouth which is your neighbors bringing you food, right? You're just relying on that to happen, serendipity. And it happens, you get it all the time. You're alive still, but you couldn't open your refrigerator and pull out a steak and lobster if you wanted, mm -hmm. right? You're relying on the serendipity of the world, Sally telling Ben about your landscaping or whatever. With marketing, you have a farm. And you're planting, seeding, nurturing, you know, harvesting these crops. So you're putting effort. It's a cause and effect. Putting effort into the farm, reaping the rewards, right? Bearing the, uh, the fruit that's bared. A lot of people are doing no marketing. Whether you do a little, a medium size, or a lot, just do some so you have that consistency. Mm. So start marketing because it does take time. Just like a lawn care application treatment contract. Takes months and months and months to get the end result. Mm -hmm. Start marketing. The other thing I would recommend is I, this might sound biased. I truthfully believe you're not going to be able to get the results that you're looking for unless you hire an agency. Because not a single singular freelancer is going to be able to do all these things that you need at a high level unless they're just charging you basically a salary, mm. right? And even then, how do you know they're doing it right? Mm -hmm. So find a, a, the highest authority in your niche, whether you're a landscaper or a roofer or whatever, look for landscaping marketing agencies. Who's the number one or the top three? Talk to them, see who you can afford. And the reason you're doing this is because if they mess up, they have a reputation on the line and they're going to lose a lot, right? right? They have hundreds of clients. They don't, they're not desperate for you. What they don't want is to lose reputation in the niche. Mm -hmm. When you're niche-based, your reputation means more because all your clients are other landscapers, right? Yep. So find the authority, find the agency, 
commit to them, know that it's going to take a while to work, start marketing ASAP. Um, yeah, I mean, I think those are really crucial and, um, I could get into other details about, like, oh, do this for SEO and blah, blah, blah. It's a technical game that not a, pe- not a lot of people care about, right? Yeah. Um, so, again, just find the authority that is held responsible and make sure it's an agency. And if you can't commit to them, figure out what you need to do to, to make that work. I love that. That makes perfect sense. Now, I also want to bounce this idea that's, that was through my mind when I just first started out 25 years ago is this. I'm just going to put money into marketing when, uh, when I want work, like let's just say late winter into spring, I want to build, you know, book up my, my, uh, calendar. So I'm going to put lots of money into marketing and say, I don't know, February, March, April, and then I'm going to slow it down a little bit. Cause I'll have lots of work. And then maybe in the <laughs> fall, I'll speed it up a little bit and then I'll shut it off around the holidays. Cause nobody buys in the holidays. And then we're going to turn it back on again. What are the pitfalls you see in that kind of a strategy? Yeah, I think I'm I'm really hungry right now. So I'm gonna go outside and start planting my farm. Right? It just doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want an abundance at all times. Whether you're full for the next year to whatever, you want an abundance. Because for one, just basic logic of like, I would rather have more than enough than not enough. And there's more strategic things that come into play. Like maybe I have two hundred lawn maintenance accounts pays the overhead and whatever, landscaping is way more profitable. I'm going to start getting rid of some lawn maintenance here and there and bringing in more recurring landscaping work. But those are one-off jobs, so I need leads that consistently come in. Mm-hmm. So what you really need is this bucket of leads that you can pick and choose from. Yep. And you say, oh, we got 100 leads this month. 20 of them were decent landscaping jobs that I can um, replace bad jobs with. And then maybe three months later, you're like, oh man, I'm super full, but I still got 50 leads this month and two of them are five figure, six figure jobs. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me you're not going to figure out a way to do that. Yeah, exactly. Right? You're going to figure out a way. And if you're not, you're too comfortable and you're downtrending. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I think it's about the mindset of abundance and, and understanding you reap what you sow. Marketing doesn't work right away. Some things do. The bigger picture, the gold mine, the massive farm is the long-term stuff. So you need to start quick yeah. and you need to understand that the, the word of mouth, people get this twisted when I say don't rely on word of mouth. Our company is scaled to where it is on word of mouth. Like we do great work. Mm-hmm. Reputation is huge. But now I'm ready to go seven plus figures. And I can't because I'm waiting for for you to refer me to somebody, Josh, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't have marketing ads, SEO. So it's funny because we're an agency that does this for our clients, but we've neglected it for ourselves. And now we're ready to blow up and we can't, we gotta wait a little longer. Yeah. So the point of that is like, don't rely on the serendipity of the world and word of mouth. Although it's amazing, it's beautiful. You should be proud that you do good work and get word of mouth. It should be the icing on your cake. Yeah, not exactly, dude. I couldn't agree more. And consistency, you mentioned it earlier about consistency being key and not doing the seasonality. You know, I learned that along the way as well, is that you need to be 
cranking into the marketing machine from, you know, from January one until December 31, right? Just going to keep moving it through and you may change your, your approach, your narrative based on seasons, but you never stop being in front of people because anymore, especially with social media, you know, if you stop jumping out in front of people, they're just going to forget about you. There's a billion other things that are vying for their attention. So if you're not the expert talking out in front about stuff year round, regardless if they're at Target buying Christmas presents, watching you on their phone as they're waiting in the checkout, you know, all the way up until the day they're ready to purchase three years later. If you're not that person, you're losing a gigantic, gigantic opportunity. I, I couldn't agree more. I know we got to run. I want to, I want to run this last thing with you. Shoot. There's like, you know, economy is kind of bad, kind of iffy. People are talking about recessions. When there's thoughts about a recession, what do most businesses do? They cut marketing. They cut, they cut, they get conservative. Mm-hmm. They scale back. Right. And what that does is if you think about it logically, a lot of the competition is removed. Mm-hmm. It creates a vulnerability in the market to come in and get more of the market share yep. because it's available now. So it's the same thing with your seasons. Every other landscaper is cutting back during the off season. That means that you have way more opportunity for visibility and attention. And that way, when the season does come back around, people have seen you everywhere. They know who you are. And Jimmy's lawn care, who's just starting back their campaigns, they don't have, they don't have a chance. Nope. Right. <laughs> they get mowed right over. And, you know, Peter Drucker, right Peter Drucker said it best, you know, you, you are not a landscaping company that markets. You are a marketing company that landscapes. Absolutely. Drop the mic right there. You need to focus. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I'm not just saying this because you're a marketing guy. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying it because once I realized that to be the truth, my entire life changed. My entire business, all of my businesses changed because we are always marketing and we happen to do the end result, right? You're constantly talking about it and then you happen to be able to serve as well, as opposed to going out and saying, oh, it's spring, I need more work. So let's put some money into this marketing machine. Oh, it didn't work because you put everything into one shot of postcards or one ad or one <laughs> Facebook something or, you know, or SEO this or that. And then you quit. Yeah, and then you quit. I mean, it takes a year or more to build this machine to get it running. It's like a diesel engine. It takes time to get that engine running. But once you've got that thing wide open, Dude, it's unstoppable. You go through walls, rip trees out, all that kind of stuff. But you need to keep that momentum going. And that's how it works, especially on downtime, especially on downtime. You know, when the economy starts going, you know, into a recessionary time, that's, you know, and I think Buffett said this best, you know, when the house is burning and everybody's running from it, you need to be running in it. You know, not, (laughs) not actually figuratively right (laughs) the point is that when people are running away from investing in their businesses because things are getting tighter all you got to do is do the opposite logic and you're going to explode during that time and that is something that i've held very close to my heart throughout my career and it's worked phenomenally well um it's helped us call the snowball effect yeah and it it is that momentum yep and just like with stocks when everything's crash yep that's when millionaires are born because they're investing And the economy is going to come back. Everything's going to come back. Unless America just disappears, right? Which is very unlikely. Like everything's going to come back. It's going to be better. Exactly. Play the long game. I love that. I love it. Aiden, it's been amazing. We're on for an hour now. (laughs) I could keep going with you for days. But uh, so how how can people find you? How can they look you up? How can they engage in your services and even, you know, have them, have you give a look at what is going on with their their marketing and and, uh, how you could possibly help them? How can they find you? Yeah, our website is greenmarketingfl.com, uh, FL for Florida. 
And I have a, a very open door policy. Hit me up on Facebook, uh, Aiden Silvers, facebook.com slash Aiden, A-I-D-E-N-A-D-V, short for adversity. Um, send me a friend request, send me a message. You can also send me an email, Aiden, A-I-D-E-N, at greenmarketingfl.com. I'm very open to, to anything and everything. I love to talk with people. I'd love to bring value. If you want to call and say, hey, Aiden, I have this other agency who offered me a proposal. Can you look at it with me and tell me what you think? Like, I'll get off this call right now and come do that with you. <laughs> I love that. Like, I love I love helping however I can. Do I want your business? Of course I do. But if it's not a good fit, then no, I don't. And if you're not ready for it, no, I don't. Because we both need to be ready. And if you're not ready, I'm going to help you get ready. I'm going to tell you what you need to do to get ready for us. There's endless amounts of things. So let's just talk and get to know each other. And uh, we also have a, a community that I'm really proud of called the Green Industry Gang. It's a Facebook group for now. And what I've done is I've separated our business, marketing business, from our community that we're building. Um, so it's just a community of like-minded individuals, business owners in the industry, people like Josh, coaches, um, you name it, just trying to bring value to people and elevate each other and share the adversities and the struggles and funny stories about employees whose grandma died for the eighth time this week. Like <laughs> having a good time together, right? We don't pitch yeah. you anything in there. We're in there to have fun. We don't need to pitch you either. So yeah, that's kind of our, our network. I love it. Aiden, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast here. Hope everyone listening learned something, you know, and, and Aiden's mastered the art of mindset you know what I mean? He's uh, killing it. He's helping tons of people. He's a servant's heart. And I love him for that. And uh, so if you guys find value in what you've heard today and you have a friend or you have a family member or somebody that could benefit from what we've talked about, please share the episode with them. Our goal is everyone knows is impact and empower over 2 million people in the next four and a half years. And we're well on our way to that because of the absolutely amazing hearts of the people that listen. Uh, also, you know, if you found great value in this podcast, please leave us a review. You know, the review helps this podcast get out to more people in our industry so they can listen to what we're talking about and also help, you know, with the information that's provided here throughout the, the podcast itself. So guys, without anything else that I want to add, I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace out.